0: Hi, I'm Jamie Winker. Hi, I'm Dick Johnson. Hi, I'm Garth Tanner. You're listening to the V8, V8 Insiders.
1: Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Ravel.
2: Frosty beats Jamie for his first Bathurst victory. felt really good to beat him, so
3: uh, you know, he's had a lot of success and... Um, you know, I've sat there and watched him win quite a few and championships at Bathurst and stuff. And, uh, there's no doubt that him and I are uh, definitely into each other more times than not, so um, to, to beat him and to outrace him and to outmuscle him and to have that hunger to to, uh, to fight to the end and to do it against him, you know, it does feel a little bit nice for, for sure, but I wouldn't have complained whoever it was and I won. It would have been an awesome feeling, but... Um, I won't lie, feels a little bit nicer, a bit nicer to be
2: And Green Star, 30 years on.
0: Yeah, how how funny and ironic, you know? You you'd run a 30 30 year livery, old livery that's known for its crash, and unfortunately, you go out
2: there and crash it yourselves. We wrap up Bathurst as the red lights go out on another edition
4: of the V8 Insiders. This news
5: update is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes.
0: Hi, this is Will Davison from the
2: Pepsi Max crew for performance racing and you are listening to the V8 Insiders. Here's the news brought to you by No Brack Carbon Fibre Products. Mark Winterbottom and Stephen Richards have won the super cheap Autos 1000 for 2013, Frosty Talked about his journey from karting in Lithgow to an hour away at the mountain, now holding the Peter Brock Trophy.
3: Yeah, um, yeah. The first racing in go-karts was at Lithgow, so um, it was uh, definitely a pretty special place. And that Bell's Line of Road, um, the, the, that was pretty special too. We used to do that trip and used to be nervous going to Lithgow and be sick every time we went there because the winding road and the nerves. And then. Now we drive to Bathurst, and I still feel sick on the way up because of the nerves. So, um, some great memories there, and and uh, you know it's, it's special that to have that, that uh, those first moments. And there's been a lot of people who have helped me along the way. That um, whether it was go kart, the Lithgow days, and on that um, you know should be sharing this moment as well because it's pretty special. A, a thousand kilometres without a uh, roll centre adjustment was that a uh, challenge for each of you?
2: For performance racing, Tim Edwards talked about the media storm that surrounded the team following Sandown.
6: I mean, at the end of the day, we, we you know we haven't worked any harder just be, because of that. You know, we the guys have been you know we had some pit stop issues earlier in the year, and we've been working hard on it since then. And um, yeah, we've copped a bit of you know we've been the punching bag for the last four or five weeks. But to be honest probably for the last three or four months. You who know, have been the, the punching bag really with the uncertainty about Ford. You can hear more from Tim Edwards on this week's White Flag Lab. Craig Lowndes has
2: equalled Peter Brock's and Jim Richards' podium record following his 20th Bathurst
6: start. Yeah, thank you. Look, it's great. I think it's 12 out of the last 20 runs that we've had on the podium. So I love the place. It's, uh, you know, it, it's very special to even be on the, the second or third position on the, on the podium, on the rostrum. It's, uh, you know, it's a great feeling. You know you've achieved something as a team and uh, and, and for appearing as a driver, it's uh, it's very satisfying.
2: Well, Frosty have was thrilled with the FPR work on pit lane. His teammate Dave Reynolds was not so happy.
3: We had a fast car, and mate, after the after the bad start, I did. I passed so many cars on the first first stint, got real aggressive, and we ended up third after the first like stint. And you know, we were sailing along fine, and then the safety car came at the wrong point, and we dropped back to like dead last or 18th or something and i picked pick people off and mate, i had a lot of pace on everyone and got screwed over a bit in in the pits they pulled out two seconds too early and we we threw away a podium an easy one
2: david russell spoke to the v insiders about being the first car out of the 1000 this year and of course the frustration of the way it came about
0: yeah it was pretty gut-wrenching to be honest um you know because it's Todd didn't even get a lap, and uh, you know, it was just such a such a freakish thing to have happen. You know, five seconds either way, we would have been totally fine. But um, you know, look, going through Griffin's there, going up through like the the um, you know going going out there. Obviously, it's jumped from the top side of the bank, and just the, I just could not believe how. You know how bad our luck was, and the timing was impeccable to collect the ruet—the the perfect time—and uh, unfortunately, it, yeah, it's taken us out of the race early on. And yeah, just um, just feel feel you know sorry for for not only uh, our sponsors in Jack Daniel's and Nissan and, and uh, Todd and the whole team. You know, we've worked so hard. The boys have done such a fantastic job all week. Everyone's practiced their pit stops, our driver changes, ticked every box we bloody could, and uh, to have something like that as a bit of a freak of nature if you like um yeah it's
2: pretty hard to take Chaz Mostert was starting his first bathurst 1000 driving the retro livery green falcon for dick johnson racing i asked Chaz if he would think twice before stepping into a car whose history was so checkered
0: i'll give it a crack <laughs> hopefully i got a bit more experience then not to do um do what i did obviously this year but yeah, how, how funny and ironic, you know, you, you run a 30-year-old 30, 30 livery, livery that's known for its crash and unfortunately you go out there and crash it yourself, so uh, it kind of did my head in. There some funny Facebook posts, I got a bit of a giggle out there, what do you do other than laugh about the situation, you know, um, you know most of the guys here are so understanding of exactly what happened, you know, you, you go out there and you leave it all out there and try your best and um, sometimes you come short, so... It's, uh, it's, it's all good, but um, yeah, on that question, I'd, if, there was, if there was a crash delivery, I'd probably probably tighten up a little bit and um, see how we go.
2: Triple A's race engineering's wild card impressed many last weekend. Matthias Elkstrom told the V8 Insiders what he thought of his first Bathurst experience. No, I had a good time. Learned the track,
0: made no scratches to the car, so had a solid run and surely... I admit, at one stage, I thought we could finish somewhere fifth to eighth. In the end, it was 10th, so it was just where target was to finish within the top 10. So it's okay, but still, when you have a feeling, in the end, you know you want to always have
2: more when you can get more. So. And then it was a, a really good experience. Leading the race, your car leading the race for so long, both of you putting in so many good laps. Do you think this is another, that you'd like to come back again soon to uh, repeat this? Yeah, for sure, I would like to
0: to try one more time. Uh, If the opportunity comes, we will see. But I had a good time, enjoyed uh, meeting a lot of new people, seeing a different championship, driving different type of cars. So it was pretty enjoyable. What's his car like to drive
2: when you're jumping it so raw?
0: Yeah, the, the good is the engine, and there is not too much aerodynamics. You can follow really closely, and the cars are really quick. So it takes a man
6: to drive them, which is uh, really enjoyable.
2: Roland Dane said that his team showed what could be done with wildcard entries.
6: Yeah, we're the first people to to really take advantage of the wildcard rules properly, in in a way which. Uh, yeah, benefits not only the team obviously but the championship as a whole uh, I feel that uh, <coughs> we've done it properly and we've shown that frankly we can run a third car as well as anyone we just don't do it on a regular basis so um, it's not something that we're about to do full-time
2: Further to the Volvo visit at the mountain we spoke about on the night before the 1000 show, Gary Rogers told the VA Insiders what it means now to have the factory support.
6: Well certainly it's it's exciting, it's something you want to do. I mean clearly if you're going to be in this business you want to associate with a manufacturer and the Volvo brand worldwide is a very, very recognised brand. It's got history in motor racing, it's not like it's come left to field. It mightn't have been quite active in the last whatever period of time. But I really see it as a, a really boost for our team and for me personally, a real sign of of acceptance and you know the fact that we've got a great bunch of people who work well.
2: Christian Dahl is the CEO of Polestar who talked about the work their team is doing back in Sweden to get the engines and all that equipment ready to go into the Gary Rogers cars.
7: We're working hard on the engines in Sweden. I think we're going to go into the test bed in December to start up the engine. And then, yeah, I mean, hopefully we get up to speed as close as as quick as possible, and get engine into the car in December, and get going to the to the test track. And then, uh, I mean, if you look at the at the targets on performance, you want to start where they are this year, of course, and hopefully improve together with the team and get even better results next year. So, but I think uh, this year with the Holden, they're doing a really, really good job. The the result is improving all the time. I think they had a really good day yesterday. So. Hopefully we can add something from Volvo and Booster on that and be even more successful next year. But, I mean, having a look at the new team for this year with the new manufacturers, I think it's quite a big challenge. I think that Nissan and Mercedes were hoping for better results early in the season than they had. So I think, I think the challenge is bigger than a lot of people think. They just add a motor and change the body shell, but it's bigger than that. So, but hopefully they have similar results as this year and then build from that.
2: Steve Owen was the winner last weekend. Who said that he will be finishing the Dunlop Series this year with Matt White in the Sharon Rentals Falcon?
0: Obviously, when Chase departed, there was you know a lot of things in place that needed to be ticked off. So um you know we'll continue on at home bush and hopefully have another strong round for all the sponsors and the team.
2: Dale Wood talked about his philosophy as he closes in on the Dunlop Series Championship. It's, uh,
0: it's all looking pretty good. I, I really just tried to avoid it only because I've seen you've seen it before. These people that start to sort of work out. I just need to finish here i just need to finish here well in my eyes i just want to win races and and if i can keep working on doing that then the rest of it will just sort of you know uh play itself out so that, that's the only reason i just don't want to start playing that game um and i want to do good racing i loved probably the highlight of this weekend was banging doors and uh, and going corner for corner with jack for the opening lap yesterday i really enjoyed that and uh the shame probably a shame there wasn't some more of it because it's good good tv and uh helps the sponsors and and they're the ones that keep us going so
2: Jack Perkins said he is confident he will be on the grid in Sydney but has a busy schedule along with finding the sponsorship required for him to make the field. You know from now to the end of the year it's pretty busy. We've got Super Tourers, uh, the Gold Coast, Highlands for the GT Enduro, back to New Zealand for the Super
0: tours, and then obviously Homebush. So in all that spare time I'll be on the email trying to chase a bit of
2: dough. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders. The latest edition of V8X is now available with Craig Lowndes and Peter Brock on the cover. The iPad edition is available on through MagShop and for Android, you'll find it at Magster. Hard copies, of course, are available in-store now. After the break, the panel will look back at last weekend's 1,000.
5: News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars.
1: Controversy Corner is next when we return with
4: more on
1: the V8 Insiders.
4: You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Craig Lance. You're listening to V8 Insiders.
2: Welcome back to the Vat Insiders here once again from the Bathurst Media Centre where we're wrapping up the super cheap auto 1000s of 2013. Paul Marinelli, of course, uh, Marinelli Motorsport, but uh, he's also the manager of the victorious. Mark Winterbottom today and... Well, how much more fitting is to have you on the show? Oh,
1: mate, thank you so much. And uh, you'll excuse me if I get sort of <laughs> um, nervy and stuff. But that, that my stomach is still churning after those last uh, ten or twenty laps. It was just unbelievable stuff. And um, I stopped watching the pictures and I was watching the timing gap go three tenths, two tenths, four tenths, five tenths. Oh, five tenths isn't bad. Three tenths, two tenths, and it just kept happening over again. And full credit to Jamie. He threw everything at Mark today, but. Um, mark was not going to be beaten that was very very clear
2: rich Grohl, you had another busy weekend and uh, you enjoy motor racing as much as anyone that sits out there in uh, Punderland and you really enjoyed the way this race finished yeah fortunate enough to call with uh,
8: the great man tony Shabeki on scm for that race and had porsche carrera cup here this weekend and uh, just one it's a great race isn't it and this place never disappoints but three years in a row we've had one of the most incredible racing finishes to the flag that we've seen and a fight that, that went all the way down to the wire. And the storylines that came out of today's race, and I'm sure we'll touch on them in the next 15 minutes or so, are endless. And there's so many good stories to come out, and that's what
2: I like the most. Peter Norton, the atmosphere when Frosty crossed the line, it was like a collective relief from everyone who's wore blue at this track for so many
5: years. You're spot on. It was a cracker of the finish, and it was that big sigh of relief. Uh, FPR is somewhat famous for the ones that get away from them, and uh, today they proved they can do it. FPR getting the win. What does that mean,
2: Richard? They sign Ford back up again. They This year they would changed owners. They got the Pepsi sponsorship on board. There was a lot of change, and we haven't even spoken about the brand-new cars that... No one knew if they'd go a thousand k's at Bathurst.
8: Yeah, and it's um, it's redemption for FPR, isn't it? Because they've made a good fist in the past of not winning endurance races. They probably had a crack at winning. Um, So today's redemption for them, I think. Um, And great for Frosty, isn't it, to finally break through. And and I think the unsung hero a little bit in this equation is Stevie Richards, who gets his third Bathurst win, 10th win for the Richards family at Mount Panorama. So that's a bit of a milestone as well. It's never been done before. That's just sensational. So... um, it's redemption, isn't it? And, and it proves. And now, even if they do have these little errors that everyone's been pulling them up on in the past, the wheel nut issue that's been so talked about and the strategy dramas, which all seem to go on David Reynolds' car today, um, you know, even now, they can go, look, it doesn't matter, we've won Bathurst. We can prove that we can do this. It's a massive, massive tick in the box. But the number one thing today was Ford fans got a result. And the last time they won was when and Winkup did it in a Ford. Um, today, after a pretty tough year to be a Ford fan, they got a, they got a result. And I'm, I am support Holden generally. So, um, yeah,
2: look, fantastic. Uh, Paul, one of the amazing stories that has come out of this is Stephen Richards wins Bathurst. He drove the transporter to the racetrack and he was supposed to drive it home. Yeah. He's not going to be fit to drive tomorrow and he has <laughs> to get it all to Sydney.
1: And also, for the first time, we get to go to central Sydney, Bathurst Street, how appropriate. For the big city presentation which you know for the one time ever that motorsport is number one in the news every network will be there every paper will be there and you know i've always wanted to you know i've worked in the sport now for like 22 years and and with a number of different teams as you know and with fpr we came second here twice um 03 and 04 um, but always dreamed of working with a team or a driver who's won, the, who will win the great race. And it finally happened today. And it's still, it's still all surreal. It's just incredible. And, and for Mark, I think of his mum uh, and his dad. And I, I just think of um, you know, the, the, the sacrifices that were made and, and the background that he came from. And where he's now got to, and to be a part of that, I feel really privileged. And uh, you know what a driver—just just guts, guts. It's the only word I can say. I mean, he—he he never gave up. His radio transmissions throughout that whole last stint were calm as a cucumber, and it didn't matter what was going on. It was calm. You know, everything was good, everything was fine. In fact, he was probably doing more to calm um, James's engineer than what uh, James was to him. But full credit to him too, because he just constructed that race absolutely brilliantly. Uh, I thought with Jamie's last. That he might have might have got, had the jump on us, um, and he certainly came 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 at us hard. And uh, uh, but Mark was uh, was ju- just in a, a total uh, stratosphere, stratosphere today. He was he was not going to be beaten, as I said earlier. And uh, uh, it's wonderful to be a part of it, and great for FBI You know, I've been involved with them since day one. Not, I don't work for them anymore, but certainly still involved. And um, I know the sacrifices that have gone on, the mistakes, the uh, the uh, the personnel changes the you know so many things but but you always knew deep down that this was a team capable to do it as as Richard said and due to factors of their own and others, through years gone by, they managed to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory several times. I think we all know that. Uh, I think the victory here today, as Richard also pointed out, has sort of... It, it's put a stamp out there saying, laugh all you like about FPR, but the way they won that race, seriously, one of the best ever Bathurst victories, I'd say.
2: Unsung stories are normally what we, uh, we talk about, and James Small... Last year, working with David Reynolds, he gets the car into second place, and David's kicking himself for not making the lunge. Over the off-season, a change is made, and James moves over to Frosty's car, Peter, and now he's won the great race. And uh, we all know that at the end of last season, David and James were having problems after Bathurst, and David still was expecting to go forward with James, and so that has been a, another backstory in this whole FPR drama.
5: Uh, absolutely and uh, I guess it shows that uh, when you've got an engineer that understands uh, the car, the track, the strategy, all these things come to come together. I mean it, you don't come second last year by mistake, you know, clearly there's uh, some skill there. Everyone at Red Bull is happy
2: but disappointed Richard but they had two cars on the podium. They had a third car in the field, and all three cars over the day led the race. A remarkable achievement, once again, by 888 Race Engineering.
8: Yeah, and if not for a bit of field strategy at the end, the internationals were within a pit stop of winning this thing. And can you imagine the reaction if those guys got up? Uh, Matthias Ekstrom and Andy Pree did a remarkable job today. A few thoughts on that. Jamie Winkup, full credit for having a crack threw it up the outside. If he'd ended up in the fence, I don't think it would have mattered too much. Would have hurt his championship, but um, he had to have a go. Win the race, or not at all, he got second. Fantastic full points to him for getting it, having a go at Frosty on the last lap. Where did Craig Lowndes come from? How, and how does he continue to do unbelievable things at this track? Because that is the third year in a row that guy's come from a position where he shouldn't have been on the podium, to ending up the race in second or third position, uh, it just does remarkable things. And even though he hasn't won the last three races, I think the legend of Craig Lowndes at this place has become bigger for his drives through the field and and jagging a result from nowhere. So remarkable stuff. Look, Red Bull Racing are the best team in the sport at the moment. They're dominating the championship at the moment. They're first and second, under pressure from FBR, admittedly. Today was a good points day for... Uh, Jamie Winkup because the guy in fourth in the championship actually beat him and he finished second so he extended his lead Frosty to second um or to third in the championship um so look good day for Jamie Winkup finished second in the biggest race of the year and builds a championship lead it's pretty good right
2: before we leave um uh, before we leave triple eight race engineering though the internationals Peter amazing we saw Andy Priller who is a, a driver who has had experience here, raced here a number of times before in different um, variations of this race. He has a rookie in with him, and he is comfortable enough to say, you're going quicker than me, you qualify the car, man. Uh,
5: you're spot on, and uh, it was a remarkable contrast. Uh, obviously, that was a, a 888 race engineering uh, effort that put that, uh, that team together and had a lot of their personnel they were located down the very opposite end of pit lane, and the, the atmosphere in the garage was polar opposite as well. In, uh, at the pointy end for uh, Lowndes and Winkup, it's, it's, they're all poker face. They don't show any emotion. But for the internationals, they had a good pit stop. And everyone's cheering. And uh, it was really quite entertaining to see their reactions because they knew they were doing something special, coming here uh, without uh, a lot of experience for the drivers. And, uh, yeah, fascinating to watch how close they came.
2: Well, we need to take a break here on the v Insiders. We'll plenty more when we return.
5: You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on
4: TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing. V8 Supercars, showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage.
3: Hi, hi, I'm Alexandre Prema from the Fujitsu JRM team and you are listening
2: to the V8 Insider. Welcome back to the VN Insiders, Richard Crowell, Peter Norton and uh, Paul Marinelli. A very, uh, well, very smelly Paul Marinelli and it's not because of BO, it's uh, champagne that Frosty put over him. I didn't get get that much, I didn't get that much of it, but yeah, it smells, I can can tell. (laughs) We were talking about uh, drivers just before the break um, who, uh, regular drivers who have they're comfortable they're comfortable with themselves to let their co-driver do the qualifying mm. and we also saw that up at uh, at Erebus where mm. Stephen Johnson did the qualifying in the Mara ankle car
1: I think it makes a lot of sense that even though you may be the seasoned driver and you, you know you're used to the car and whatever if, if you look at it objectively over a complete weekend and your co-driver has been quicker in every session particularly if they've been on old tyres and they've been quicker you know, you've really got to be honest with yourself and say look they've had it, they've had the mojo all weekend they've had the edge let them qualify the car. And it's good to see a couple of teams doing that. I think it, some of them just remain stubborn and think, oh, I must qualify the car because I drive every year. But I, I think the smarter teams or the smarter drivers would say, you know, look, he's been quicker than me all the way through it. Go and have a go. And it's good to see some of that happening.
2: Richard, your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, it, it, the best thing that got me about this weekend was the amount
8: of diversity that went into the race and different strategies. It was a fantastic strategic race, wasn't it? And, and it wasn't affected by the... Uh, the safety cars that that normally play a role in this race and, and, and it was a proper endurance race, you know it was a Le Mans twenty four hour a Sebring twelve hour and the way that it evolved and you had these strategies play out over the course of the day. It was impossible to read for the first hundred laps, and no idea who was doing what and that 's why we were all convinced for a while that the old internationals were going to pop up and win the thing so that 's what I got out of today was um, was just the way it evolved naturally as a motor race, and we got to the last pitch stop and we went right that's the battle and we ended up with five cars covered by five seconds in a fight for the flag and that, that's what I got out of it today is the big thing.
2: 50 laps or thereabouts 50 or 60 laps of green flag racing and that's
5: what I guess when people grew up we used to. Um, well you're right go back into the uh, you know the the real history of Bathurst and uh, we didn't have safety cars. Um, it was uh, mobile chicanes with all of the safety trucks and those sorts of things. Uh, but you're right and that's what led to you know, Peter Brock winning by six laps and those sorts of things so you know, thank goodness that didn't happen here. Uh, although early in the day before some of the strategies really started to take effect it looked like we were going to have someone that could have won by a lap. And that's the real reason guys that this is a 1000k race.
2: It's not a 15... It's not a 15-lap race, it's 1,000 k's and 161 laps because cars can be quick and then they can detune because of temperature, because of pit blows, because of a bad set of tyre matching, and then later on they either come back or they fade further and that's what it's all about. And Richard, you you know too well being so involved in the 12-hour that's what people love about that sort of racing.
8: Yeah, they do, and, and like I said, th- this was an endurance race, whereas the last couple of years have been a series of linked sprints joined together by safety cars. And that's, but the, but the end result was identical, and that's a testament to the product that we've got. And you know, we all sit back and we're all a bit sceptical at times, and we all criticise the organisation that runs the sport. And you know, you can you can be overly critical about the way that it's run, and often with very very just cause, right? But but today the cars were excellent the racing was superb there was overtaking they were side by side and it, it showcased the level of talent in the pit lane in the engineering like you mentioned with james small before and right up and down pit lane you know ludo lacroix right back behind the engineering i guess with the with the um the xbox car for triple eight um but it showcased that oh man we got some of the best touring car drivers in the world right i mean that jason bright is just continues to be underrated for. I don't know why, but his drive today on rubbish tyres at the end of a stint, hanging on. Garth Tander is one of the best in the business. Craig, we've mentioned, and, and Frosty and Jamie, we know, are the best in the sport this year, certainly. So, yeah, it was, it was a great demonstration of what this category is capable of. And with all its niggling little flaws, the bottom line is the product at the moment is just fantastic, isn't it? I mean, I think we'd all agree on that, right? It's, it's just that that product you know if i'm introducing people to the sport i'll show them the last 20 laps today and if that they don't get involved well then they're never going to follow it
2: petty uh, sorry paul you were nodding your head when when richard was talking about uh, endurance racing he's
1: 100% right and and it's a shame that our product on the track is so good at the moment yet things around it um, leave a lot to be desired, the TV deal, etc., uh, sponsorship of the sport. But if we keep doing shows like that, I mean, this is our grand final. This is our world, bo- um, uh, what do they call the American Super Bowl, whatever you call it. Yeah, sorry, it's all been a bit much today. Um, but this is, this is it for us. And if we have the whole nation watching us, like more than 3 million people watch this race and they see action like that, they're going to like our sport. Um, I was looking down at the figures too. Everybody on the lead lap, with the exception of two cars, were less than two seconds apart. I mean, after six and a half hours of racing, that is that is extraordinary. That doesn't happen anywhere in the world. You know, they talk about DTM this and that. The gaps in DTM are ridiculous between all the cars. You know, they're, they're fabulous, but there's nothing like we saw then. And it can't be constructed. And we didn't have that many safety cars yet. We still have these nothing gaps. You know, at the front after all that racing, and the yeah the drivers we have. I mean, you know, there's there's no doubt about it. I mean, people can talk world touring cars, whatever. That they, they are the best touring car drivers in the world, and this event is the one that showcases them. But nice to see an international guy come out in, in terms of Extrem and do what he did. Because for a while there, they were coming out and they were they <laughs> pretty bad, you know. And he's come out and he's proven that with the car of the future, and with a r- nice setup car, and with the car of the future set up that it actually does adapt to some drivers better. And um, no, it's been. Just superb! look at that, three DNFs okay? Three DNFs, three Okay, And one of them hit a kangaroo <laughs> Dave, unfortunately So two DNFs for either accident, mechanical, whatever it may be In six and a half hours Find me another series anywhere in the world that, can, that, can, that, can, that can, can do that
2: A touring car series I'm going to throw a few names at you guys and tell me what you think Sergeant Security, number 80 Scott Pye, Paul Morris, the dude Everyone has written off the dude as a driver years ago And yet, he finishes in sixth place yeah, good
8: strategy, and he's he's good at that, isn't he? It's what he does. It's one of his absolute strengths, um, and they called it. They run a really sort of aggressive fuel strategy. They went very, very long and got home on that last stop. Full credit, Scott Pye did an awesome job today, and he's had a terrible season, and also to talk this weekend that the deal's done for him to go to Crow Cup next year. He showed what he can do in a V8
2: today, and, and full credit to both of them for doing it. Peter, you have, uh, you've certainly seen a, a lot of paul morris 's career and in, in all different sorts of series
5: um, I had to look two, three, four times before I could believe that uh, Morris could bring it uh, you know, home that well uh, and that, that he was competitive. It, it just seems so out of character, and uh, as richard said it 's a team that 's had so many troubles all year, you know Scott Pye uh, obviously. Uh, a very good driver from what he did in the development series. And it, it seems like of, of all the youngsters that took that step up this year, he was the one that seemed to be caught out, uh, out of his uh, depth. He had so many problems and many crashes in the early part of the year. So uh, you know, hopefully this can be a turning point in his uh, career as well. All right.
2: Now, the techno team. Jonathan Webb was nowhere all weekend, yet he finishes one spot behind Shane van Gisbergen and uh, Bleekman and that was a real disappointment. The Gis was in the top 3. He brings the car in and unfortunately Blikmon couldn't keep the car at that pace.
8: Yeah, their first stop, though, they, they came in in third and came out in ninth. And once you're buried in that pack today, you're stuck there. You just couldn't progress forward. It was really, really tough. So, yeah, the strategy didn't work out. I thought Mark Lieb did a really good job with um, with John a. Webb. Strange weekend for Techno, though. Um, I mean, it took some heroics, I think, from Van Gies to qualify where he did. Um, outside of that, they, they were strange. They were sort of they're a bit absent. I thought this weekend and, and to be honest it's been like that the last couple of rounds so whatever Triple H is doing to their cars to develop them techno isn't because they're not progressing at the rate the Red Bull cars are so yeah it's a strange weekend for that team I think there's some head scratching going on to try and recapture the magic they had at Clipsal. maybe Gold Coast is a place to do that
2: Now Paul if uh, FPR or any of your team's that you deal with drivers ever say to you we're going to put this retro livery on perhaps we're going to put this uh, the, the Moffat XC livery on where yep. he burnt the cars at the end of them they were so bad <laughs> what do you say <laughs> because we saw it with a 30 year old livery history almost repeating
1: yeah and look on green race cars I mean at the end of the day I'm just totally against them. the only two green race cars I know that ever did any good with Jordan in their first season of Formula One other than that they've all had Horrid luck, including here. Um, look, we've done um, uh, retro liveries before, but we've never won with them. So, uh, uh, look, I, I think it's a good thing for the fans. You know, it's great. They seem to enjoy it. I, I, I saw people taking heaps of photos of the cars, and so they love it. And, and I think the idea of coming to Bathurst and doing something a little bit different is always good. And when I was at FPR from 03 to 07, every year we did something different. And the fans seem to love it. So, um, yeah, I, I'm not against it, but yeah, that superstitious part of me. He sort of says, look, just not too, no green, thanks.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Richard,
2: Chas Moss was, was so good with the way he was able to rebound from it. He, he knew he made a mistake. He knew he caused the guys a lot of work. But he was down to earth and honest about what happened. And then he said, and a lot of people have had fun on Facebook with this.
8: Yeah, they have, the memes that were floating around were excellent. Hey, they got they were running 12th today, and they had a starter motor issue on their pit stop, so that, that cost them great position, but good comeback, good comeback. And the other DJR car was was in the mix today as well. They had a, um, yeah, Ash Walsh and Tim Blanchard had a, a really good day, so I'm really pleased for those guys. And uh, yeah, Dick Johnson Racing's had a really tough season, but um, I thought for Darwood and for Chaz to get back into the top 12. Started from the back, not much practice in that car. They were quick in the warm-up uh, first thing this morning. So, um, yeah, good comeback, I thought, in the end after a, um, a pretty tough weekend.
2: Peter, your final thoughts after 2013 here at Bathurst?
5: I just need to agree with uh, something that Richard said much earlier. It was a true endurance race. What we haven't really spoken about is the, the changeable conditions. Uh, you know, it was gusty wind most of the day, uh, but uh, towards the end there, it was uh, you know, almost cyclone conditions at times. Uh, and, and all throughout the weekend, everyone was commenting that these uh, the car of the future, they haven't quite uh, cracked how to set them up and they were super loose. Uh, everyone was talking about how uh, how tricky they were to drive. Uh, and uh, you know Greg Murphy's probably the the, the notable one that uh, got bitten by it. Um, you know people uh, to deliver such a close result with such uh, challenging conditions it's uh, quite remarkable.
8: Yeah, he was and, and and it put the race back in the drivers' hands a bit. The cars weren't as planted like you said Pete um, as they have been in the past and Steve Richards touched on it in the press conference he said that that you know the, the cars were very, very nervous, and he had a series of very, very close moments to putting the thing in the wall. So, um, and I think that improved the show. But the, the surprising thing was um, there wasn't a great degree of pace. And the quickest lap, somewhere in the tens, lap records a low eight. So there was no race pace, but it was the fastest ever Bathurst 1000, 6 hours and eleven minutes. So the average speed was really high. Um, all the whilst they were having the world's biggest stash for the lead. But um, it was an epic, wasn't it? Unreal. What a day.
1: Paul, final thought? Oh, you know, an, an amazing victory to a driver on his 11th attempt and uh, something that he had to fight for from the word go. Uh, Riccio really stepped up uh, in the last couple of years. I'm sure it's no secret that the pace between him and Mark, that there was some considerable difference. It wasn't the case this year. Really stepped up to the board and got his third uh, Bathurst victory as a result. Um, and also, yeah, the pace of the race, like new cars, everyone, oh, they'll be on the limiter too long, this and that. Oh, this is going to break. Oh, the tyres are going to explode, all this sort of stuff end of the day, the cars were perfect. And uh, as Richard pointed out, I'm one of the ones who criticise um, the officials do a lot too. But they got this absolutely right. Um, the cars were superb here. I'm sure there wouldn't be a fan out there that would say that there was n- anything wrong with the racing or the speed. And it's nice to have a race that wasn't interrupted so much. Stop, go, stop, go as we've had in the past. That, that 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 just gets very frustrating for everybody. And while there may have been a period where people thought, "Oh, there's nothing going on. There's guys out there busting their guts doing 310 kilometres per hour." La- or oh, sorry, up to close to. 3 300 hundred kilometres an hour every single lap that's not nothing going on, that is guys letting it hang you know, and driving as hard as they can so I'm absolutely wrapped, I hope the fans enjoyed it and I hope we can come back next year and do it all over again and win it again
2: Well we're definitely going to be back here and someone's going to win it again To Peter Norton, Rich Crowell and Paul Marinelli, thanks very much for your time and look forward to seeing you again very soon.
5: Cheers Yeah. Thanks fellas.
1: Thanks Greg to ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Stay tuned for more. You've taken
4: the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now.
0: Hi, I'm Jonathan Webb from Techno Autosports. You're listening to V8 Insights.
2: On this week's White Flag Lap brought to you by Munro Shock Absorbers, Tim Edwards was naturally a very happy team principal when Mark Winterbottom and Stephen Richards stood on the top step of the podium at Bathurst. I caught up with him after the race. Congratulations, FPR, Bathurst champions for 2013.
6: How does it feel? Uh, Relieved. That's how I feel at the moment. (laughs) uh, Yeah, I mean, I think it's still sinking in. But yeah, a huge sense of relief, I think.
2: I was away for five weeks. And I come back, and there seems to have been this in, immense focus on your team from Sandown. Does this sort of um, does this sort of overcome all that focus and all that all that criticism, perhaps?
6: Oh, a little bit, but I mean, at the end of the day, we, we you know we haven't worked any harder just be, because of that. You know, we've the guys have been you know we had some pit stop issues earlier in the year, and we've been working hard on it since then. And, um, yeah, we've copped a bit of, you know, we've been the punching bag for the last four or five weeks, but to be honest, probably for the last three or four months, you know, we've been the, the punching bag, really, with the uncertainty about Ford. But hopefully after this, this weekend, you know, we announced yesterday Ford's continuing with us, win Bathurst today. We've, uh, we've kicked a couple of real goals this weekend.
2: Commercially, new ownership at the beginning of the year. You're also building new cars, and you get brand-new sponsors on board. It, it was a huge task,
6: just one of those things, to get into place. Oh, for sure. We've had a lot of change in our world in the last 12 months. Um, but, you know, the team have done a fantastic job. You know, they, um, you know, they try not to get distracted by what you know what they read in the media. And, um, you know, they're all focused on, on doing one thing, and that's winning races. And it's just great for them. You know, there's the, of that 60 people, there's people that have been there since the very beginning. Um, so, you know, it would have been easier to just... You know, take the easy option and go and ask Roland for a job or something like that. But they've actually just knuckled down because you know it's for them. They you know they started something and they wanted to finish it. And it's a bit like Frosty. You know, he's started something with us and he wanted to finish it as well. And next box for us to tick is a championship. What's
2: the plan now to be able to obtain that, to obtain that holy grail? <laughs>
6: well, the, well, which holy grail? We got one of the holy grails today, right. but. Uh, look, I mean, nothing changes for us. You know, we're focused on one race at a time. You know, you can't really think about the championship apart from just trying to win every race, and that's, that's our plan for the next three rounds.
2: Have you been surprised that a new generation car goes through 1,000 kilometres here at
6: Bathurst, one of the toughest circuits in the world, and only two cars fail to finish? Uh, I mean, look, all the teams have been working hard this year. You know, we saw some reliability issues earlier in the year, particularly in you know, probably the first four or five rounds but you know, the manufacturers that supply those parts have been working hard to rectify the issues as well. You know the teams have understood the car a bit more so they've understood what what wears. Um but, you know, there's a lot of new bits there that really until you start putting mileage on, you don't actually know what the life of it is. So you know we've done, you know, I'm gonna guess ten thousand Ks already this year per car and we've learnt a lot. And I think, you know, it shows the standard of the category now that, you know, Everybody's quick and everybody's learnt a lot and everybody's got reliable cars.
2: Last 20 laps in the pit garage, who was more nervous? Richo, Renee, or you? Me. <laughs> Absolutely me. <laughs> Congratulations, it's a fantastic peak. and You could certainly tell how much the Ford fans appreciated it. Yeah, thanks mate. That's all we have time for this week on the v Insiders as the checkered flag waves over another edition. Until next time round... Keep smiling and bye for now.
1: Join us next week for
4: more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.